Tyreek Hill has been traded from Kansas City to Miami. When Tyreek Hill left the roster, I put Kansas City third in the AFC West. They have two ones, two twos, two threes, two fours, and four sevens in this draft. That's a lot of picks. Brett's building this thing back uh, to where we feel comfortable so that we can go win on Sundays. Hello and welcome to another Arrowheads Abroad podcast. Um, just about hanging in there at, what are we, half past ten on uh, a Friday evening. Uh, we've got Tomo, oh, I've got myself Neil, I suppose I should introduce myself first. I've got myself Neil, and then we've got Tomo. Tomo, how you doing, man? I'm alright, thanks. Yourself? I, I'm just thinking now that like, anyone who's listened to these probably knows my voice anyway, so it's... Yeah. I think it was probably unnecessary, but at this point. yeah, I'd like to think so, but hey, you never know. Uh, yeah, Tommy, you're doing good? You're still awake? Yeah, yeah, I'm fine. I am, yeah. I'm all yeah. good. I'm sad. Jesus, that's well for some. Yeah. And we're joined by Chris Durham, chief himself. Chris, this evening, how you doing, man? How's things? Yeah, I'm good, man. Uh, I'm, I don't ever underestimate the power of adrenaline and coffee. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, coffee, coffee works. Jesus, I was injecting the stuff into myself this morning. Well, do you know, I, I, like, I went to, should we do it? I went to get a coffee this morning, should... and I was unfortunately like, on my wife informed me that we don't have any coffee. We've got uh, was it a decaf coffee. I think, I was like, you know, my heart sank a little bit, but I drank it anyway. It didn't make any difference. But there you go. Yeah, it wouldn't have, wouldn't have helped a great deal. No. Should we should do a quick straw poll of what time we all went to bed? I know I, I was quarter to five. Um, you two were a little bit later than me. Mm, yeah, yeah. I was about half five. I was just, I was just reading stuff. To be honest, I, I'm, I'm all right. I'm quite lucky because I, I'm off. I, like, I was off Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, so I'm, I'm pretty chilled. Like, I was able to wake up a bit later, and <laughs> I did have coffee, and <laughs> so I'm absolutely buzzing. So I am ready to go for round two. So the difference between having young kids and not having young kids there. Yeah, that's exactly it. I think for me it was about the same time, but um, you know, luckily my uh, my wife's very understanding and she knows how important this is to me. So she let me sleep in late, took the kids to school. Um, I woke up to the sound of my father-in-law hammering something out the back, and it was fixing a wobbly slab out in the uh, the the back garden so i can't really complain too much to be honest about being woken up by that because he's fixing the step out the back <laughs> so <laughs> i'm, I'm all right anyone's book yeah i've never stopped from um, since then though but you know it's uh I'm, I'm ready to just sit down and watch round two now i had a power nap this afternoon and when i say a power nap i literally couldn't stay awake we we had a dog trainer here this afternoon and she was talking to us and i was sleeping i say i just couldn't my eyes were just rolling in my head um, but yeah. my my kids had me up at like quarter to seven, so I I was functioning on two hours sleep in oh, my wow. uh, in my defence there. Um, so um, first round is in the books. Um, I suppose before we talk chief specific um, picks, uh, Tomo, how did you feel the first round went? Was it kind of as expected? Much surprised you? There's a few little surprises, but to be honest, yeah. I think there's always going to be the odd weird pick, but I think it went just about how I expected. I said the last podcast twenty ones where I can see us going. Twenty ones where we went. It was it was just it was just going to cost too much to get up into the teens. Jamison Williams interested me when he got to around twelve, but then he doesn't he doesn't slip into the teens. Chris Olave had already gone. Garrett Wilson already gone. So like the guys that I was kind of interested in trading up for. 
none of them made it to the teens apart from apart from Jermaine Johnson. Um, mm-hmm. But I think it, that's that's one of those where, as a fan, you don't know the reason he's slipping. But as Charles put on Twitter last night, there's a reason he's slipping, and you're comfortable yeah. with that. Like, did I want them to take him at 21 when when he was there? Yeah, of course, I screaming yes. at the television, but. There was a reason they didn't take him, and they were quite comfortable with where they were. And I'm, I'm, I'm relatively happy with how we, how we come out of day one. I, I was messaging Chelsea when we got to about sixteen, going, "Please tell me we're trading up for Johnson now." Mm-hmm. And each pick was like, "He's still there. He's still there. He's still there." <laughs> and then he messages me and says, "Chiefs are trading up at twenty-one." I was like, "Yes, we're going for Johnson." Then he's like, "I don't know." Uh, and no, we didn't. Um, Chris, how did you feel the first round went? Was it pretty much to plan for you? Yeah, I don't think there was any. <laughs> There were a few surprises, but one absolute shocking surprise is the fact that uh, the Patriots took um, Cole Strange. He did you see? Did you see the Rams guys' reaction? I to that? did, McVeigh. McVeigh, oh, <laughs> that was just so funny. That, I mean, he like, must have a headache today, man, because he was on a <laughs> steamer. I just, I, I sat, I, I was in disbelief. I was just sat laughing to myself, thinking that. He on my board is number eighty-nine on my board, and he was taken right. in the first round. That if they like him, they like him. You know, we've had this discussion before that if he's your guy, it's not too much of a stretch. Go and take him. But you know, for me, he might be their guy, but that is too much of a stretch. You know, each well, that, of their that's, own. Um, that's what Duncan was saying the other week. Was like, if you like the guy. Go and pick them, and unless you think they're still, or unless you're sure they're still going to be available next time you pick, then go and get them now. Um, and hey, if he's their guy, then <laughs> well, fair play. They're, they're <laughs> if professional <he's... laughs> scouts, like they they obviously know what they want, and they went and got it. But if he's their guy, I'd love uh... to see what they're going to do next. Pick two, Billy Zappy or something like that. I have absolutely no idea. I don't even know when they pick next. What's their next um, next selection? I am not 100% sure. I can Google it very quickly. I'm, yeah, I'm going to try and find that out now. They're not for a while. They're pick 54 in the second round. Are they? Okay. Pick 54, they're going to go with Bailey Zappi, aren't they? I don't even know who Bailey Zappi is, so yes, probably they will. Oh, yeah, exactly, exactly. He's the um, the I think it's Western Kentucky quarterback who threw for the most yards last year in college against children. But, yeah, <laughs> it's not exactly the SEC. So, <laughs> so the the Patriots tying into that theme very kindly traded twenty one to us. Cheers, lads. For. What was it? Nin- Ninety-three and ninety-four, thirty something. Ninety-four, because I've just seen it. I've got their draft picks here. They're picking at ninety-four, and I know we had ninety-four, and I think it was one twenty-one. We gave them. Did we give them the Miami? What we did give them one twenty-one. We gave them the Miami selection. Yeah. Um, happy enough with the price to move up to twenty-one. I th- I thought that was a bit steep, but then I, I kind of got told otherwise. It was eh, it's about par for the course, so. I, I, I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> whatever, I mean, whatever it we... takes, it takes. You've got the draft capital. This is what this is what the draft capital's, capital's there for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I I never expect us to take them picks. 
So do what you have to do to go and get the guy they wanted. Like they, they obviously knew the Bills were sniffing around cornerbacks. They, I'm pretty sure McDuffie must have been one of those 18 players with a first-round grade on. And Brett Veach did yeah, say that was the case, yeah. He said that they hadn't even run scenarios where Trent, Trent McDuffie was available past 20, he said today. Yeah. So I think when he was there, he's obviously seen no, no the Bills were probably after cornerback, jumped ahead of them. And then he, he, he played a blinder because Jermaine Johnson and George Karlaftis were both still there um, at 26. So, he you know, he, he was in a good position knowing that one of those two guys was probably going to make it to him at 30. So, And it wouldn't have surprised me if Karlaftis was actually ahead of Johnson on our board anyway, just for the age factor and the... and I, I don't know. It wouldn't surprise me. very chiefsy, so... It wouldn't surprise me if he was the guy he wanted anyway. Yeah, Chris, where would you have gone between Jermaine Johnson and Kalaftis? I know you were a Kalaftis fan, aren't you? I am. Um, I had Johnson at 12 on my board and Kalaftis at 14. Um, But I think Johnson made the headlines this last year, but what you can't forget is that he had to move to Florida to the Seminoles to be able to put himself in the shop window. Um, he wasn't getting himself reps with that um, historic Georgia defense. Um, mm-hmm. He moved. Not Carl Aftis has never been anything but kind of stood down at Purdue. So he, it, it's not to say that Johnson isn't a better player. Is he more? Is he more pro ready? More polished? More rounded? Um, for me, a little bit yes, um, but. I think the you know Carl Aftis has got he's got two years on him pretty much he's two years younger he's got a couple of years in a pro scheme where he has got um, a lot to learn um, from other people uh, but his what he's got his flaw is good enough his flaw is good enough for us and it'll be an instant improvement to what we've got um, so yeah I'm I'm happy with it personally yeah I, I probably would have preferred to have taken Johnson a little bit maybe he's like sixty forty but the more I've got to think about it, the fact that we've got another two years with Carl Aftis than you would have with Johnson, um, that I'm excited by the prospect. So, shout out, by the way, Johnson, what a jacket he had on last night. That it was basically, <laughs> I said in the chat last night, that the, the WhatsApp group, that that for me was indicative of a Travis Kelsey jacket. That, you know, he, yeah. you see him in all these garish jackets, that was just. It was brilliant. It was spot on. The guy doesn't lack confidence. He doesn't. And he's a monster. He looks huge. But. Yeah. There was certainly some style on show last night. I love Jameson Williams' suit, and <laughs> like we can talk about him in a minute. But, but I, I felt so sorry for him when he got his name called. <laughs> Wearing a red so, suit, and he goes to a team that plays in blue. Oh yeah, <laughs> but uh, going back to Kalaftis and Johnson, is Kalaftis mm. kind of like the safer pick, like high floor, lower ceiling than Johnson? I, I think that's probably what they're looking at, and. Uh, I just I keep going back to uh, they they're getting younger man and you've got to think what is Carl Aftis going to look like in two years time because yeah. Jermaine Johnson's twenty four in two years time he's probably going to be a lot further ahead than Jermaine Johnson is right now yeah. so yeah, you'd fully expect I, I'm not don't get me wrong I I wanted them to pick Jermaine Johnson but at the end of the day I'm 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 really really happy with Carl Aftis because you know you've got a starter. And I think it's like Chris said, the, the what I like about these two guys is it seems like the floor is quite high 
like it doesn't feel like these two guys are going to be just straight busts. So mm. hopefully they've added t- another two guys to the defense that are young and going to going to be young and fast. I assume not so much in Carl Afters' case, but yeah, I mean, I, getting better. I know people maybe they were a little bit. Um... Well, certainly other guys at KCSN were having a little bit of a joke on uh, RGR podcast the other night with uh, Ryan Tracy about the fact that you'd get no bend from um, Carl Aftis, but it doesn't make a difference. It doesn't make. He's a more power though, isn't he? I mean, he is. Yeah, you're not expecting. That, that's him to be his a... game, isn't it? It is. You're not expecting him to be a guy who's going to really be really bendy and get kind of. You know, the guy's two sixty six six foot four yeah how bendy do you expect him to be yeah he might have a little bit of ankle flexion he might be able to kind of get around corners like that but he's not built to get around the corner if you then want to take a kind of a a speed edge or somebody maybe who's a hybrid outside linebacker that's their bag that's what they do you know it's the the, the slight frames they're able to they've got that agility to be able to kind of duck bend uh bend around the edge but you know what we're looking for is people that firstly you've got to be able to set the edge for me and you know both guys, him, Frank Clark, both can do that. Um, how many times were we previously caught out um, with, you know, with running backs uh, picking up kind of your, your chunk players of seven, eight, nine yards? We don't want to be giving that kind of thing up. So for me, it's great. But what you're looking at doing is you're also looking at improving the pass rush and picking up more sacks. You're going to get power and a plenty, you know, power of plenty from uh, from Carl Aftis, and you know, that's what we're bringing him in for mainly is to kind of start. Uh, rushing the passer and he's he's fantastic yes Johnson's a better run defender but it doesn't make a difference you know you're getting a stud anywhere and like Thomas said in two years time he I fail to see how he can't be better in two years time than Johnson is now at the same age he's bound to be in a pro system learning from professional coaches you know the guys that they've been there they've done that work in the nfl you're going to get a guy who i think he's got all the tools there to be able to do what you want him to do and i think in a couple of years time he could be absolutely fantastic so yeah is kaleftis essentially frank clark jr like are they similar enough players he's they're similar um i wouldn't necessarily say they were he was frank clark jr they're similar but he's uh you know, the, the thing with Carl Aftis is you're not getting a guy who's got the same arm length, which is, it, for me, that actually goes against a, a Spags thing. He's got sub-33-inch arms. You know, and Spags likes the guys with tree trunks for arms, and that's not Carl Aftis. So, actually, it's a little bit of a change in what they've previously done, which is good for me. So, yeah, Frank Clark, he's got tree trunks for arms. Um, you've got shorter arms with, uh, with Carl Aftis, but... They're similar in what they actually give you. Um, yeah, they, they, they both set the edge, uh, decent against the run, but they're basically both power edges. Um, so the similarities in that sense. But I think for me, potentially Carl Aftis could be the replacement as the power edge for Frank Clark anyway, because unless he does something miraculous this next year, I think I want to see the back of him, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, I was kind of thinking when we picked him. Like this is Frank Clark's replacement for next year, like mm. for af- after this season, yeah. Because I mean, Brett Veach does have a tendency to kind of look that one year ahead at players who he would expect to be leaving at that stage, and kind of when I saw this pick and who it was, I was like, yeah, that that's Frank Clark gone next year. Then that was kind of my my first thought there. Yeah. As yeah. opposed to this is going to significantly improve us this year. 
it's like this isn't going to make us any worse next year kind of thing one little thing that's worth noting is the only person within of note in terms of edge defenders that posted a better three cone time than George Carlaftis did was Aidan Hutchinson okay so you know you've got a guy who can move don't be didn't he have fooled. second most pressures as well or something last year so he had a 40% pass rush win rate I'll tell you that much well, which they talk is, about his motor being really good as well. God. So, yeah, he like, give up. that's the thing. Like, if he's going to keep going all game, then you're inevitably going to get those those hurries and, and pressures. So, fourth quarter, and you know, you've got some people starting to tire a little bit. You've got a 21 year old guy, essentially a kid who's got a motor that just goes and goes and goes. He's going to start winning when other people are starting to tire. Hmm. It's funny because I was on. Um... The UK Lions podcast last night at what time is it? Quarter past two. I was on at, and um, wow. we, we yeah, I know we were talking about who the Chiefs might take. And as Jermaine Johnson was falling, I was kind of going, "Well, there's a guy I would really like to trade up for." And one of their guys was saying, "No, you, it's Kalaftis you want. Like Kalaftis is." the better of the two prospects quite significantly. And he was very much dr- banging the drum for Kalaftis. And I was like, yeah, give me Jermaine Johnson, thanks. Uh, he's the one I like. But <laughs> hey, and, and the 40% win rate, like Jermaine Johnson had a 10% win rate in pass rush and Kalaftis had 40%. And he was kind of going, you know, if, if you want to, someone who can add a bit of juice rush in the passer, you could do a bit worse than him. I was like, mm, okay, yeah, fair enough. Do you know, there's you a... Know Go on, go on, I was just going to say, there's a guy who um, I watch quite religiously on YouTube. Um, who it's basically he he start, as soon as this drafts over, he'll be starting to look at mocking the 2023 class. Um, and he watches what he doesn't know about football is just doesn't even bear thinking about. But he was one of the things that he was a little bit down about on Jermaine Johnson was the fact that of his pressures or sacks it took him three seconds after the snap where somebody like Arnold Ebiketti it came you know his sacks and things it was basically from the snap one and a half seconds it was mm. half the time Jermaine Johnson took mm. three seconds so you know that, that I'm glad we took um Carl Aftis in the end I'm not sure what his time was from the snap but it can't be three seconds because that seems reckon... three seconds to a QB is an eternity Basically, I reckon yeah. you. I reckon you're in a situation where Jermaine Johnson has probably got a lower floor and a higher ceiling, and, yeah, I was and that. He, he could be very boom or bust. Whereas I feel like we're going to get a level of play from Carl Aftis that we're going to be relatively happy with. Yeah, give me consistency. For me though, like when you're trying to pick between the two, for me, they were kind of in that same in that same range. So I wasn't too bothered, and I, I never. I like to think I never really am particularly bothered about the player for me it's more the position that they're addressing the positions that they need to address because yeah. like you say we, who am i to decide that i like i don't know <laughs> pickings tonight and they should definitely pick pickings over sky more tonight like who the, who the fuck am i to decide that they got <laughs> guys getting paid for that but what i do want to see tonight is a wide receiver like last night how i wanted to see an edge and if i wanted to see an edge and a wide receiver last night but are, are we all in this... agreement? Are we all in agreement that we're taking a second edge tonight? I, I think they're taking wide receiver and edge tonight. I've got a real Please. strong feeling that we're gonna take if he's still there at fifty, David Ajabo. 
Yeah. I'd love that. Him or Eberketti, I'd be absolutely buzzing. Du- with Duncan that. has just done cartwheels down the streets of yeah. Glasgow where he is tonight. <laughs> to be fair, uh, he's probably the doing thought that of getting anyway. David Jobo. Yeah, well, well, yeah, he's he's out to out. So uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, part yeah of... he was in a place with like a disco ball at like five pm. <laughs> <laughs> this afternoon. Part of the part of the rationale behind that. His first pictures of beers were at lunchtime. Oh yeah, he sent us a picture of about what time was it? Was it about twelve o'clock? He sent a picture of beers. About twelve one o'clock, something Happy like that. Happy draft yeah. weekend. Yeah, that, that's not going to last. Good to see you at midnight tonight for the second round. Um, yeah, part of the rationale behind that, I think, is the fact that next year we pretty much have no defensive line whatsoever. You know, everybody is, is pretty much on a one-year deal. Um, mm. They don't like Frank Clark. Um, well, they like him enough to give him a deal, but to be fair, you know, what are you going to do? You've got to pay him anyway. You may as well pay him and have him on your roster and hope that he actually does yeah, something for you yeah. than just let him go and pay, and stump up anyway. But we've pretty much got no... It, essentially, we paid about £2 million to keep him on the roster, didn't we? Yeah, which, like which is nothing, really. It's chump, which it, is pocket change. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Chump change for, for somebody that you think that you're going to get some kind of production out of. And he's got to put himself in the shop window, to be fair. So we're kind of in an all-lose situation there, but he's not the future. Um, Mike Danner... <sighs> Decent enough last year. How's he going to come on? I don't know. But you've brought guys back on one-year deals. Um, it, it's getting down to the bare bones next year. So it wouldn't surprise me if we double-dipped and took mm-hmm. somebody and said, you know what, because of the capital that we've got, I mean, for me, we were never going to use 12 picks. Um, I felt that we were maybe going to get down to around the eight, nine at most mark. And, you know, we, we, some of those have gone now as well. So I think it will continue. I don't think we'll keep the picks that we've got. But because of that, I think that they'll probably look at 50 if he's still there and feel comfortable enough to say that they are happy to take um, him, redshirt him for the year and allow him to develop next year. Now, the one thing I've got with him is that he's basically had one third of a season and that's it. That's his college career. Um, So he looks like boomer bust. He looks as though he could be fantastic. Uh, I certainly hope that's the case if we do take him, but it's a bit of a gamble for people and I think that may push him down the board as well as the injury, probably to us at 50 and that we may then take that chance on him, but he's got such a very small sample size that you really are betting on those traits. So, I really think if do, you though, didn't get... he, we're in a situation sorry, where he can, where we can take a little bit of... We've, we've got a guy that's, that's going to play this year and Frank Clark's opposite him and then you can take a bit of a flyer because we've got the capital to do so. And mm. it's very rare that a guy with his kind of talent is going to fall to us unless there is like an injury. So we don't need him immediately, but then we no. can still acquire the talent. And he could be another blue chip guy that we could acquire. And you're in a great situation then if they both work out. If one doesn't work out, it's not ideal, but it's not the worst thing in the world either. No, no, um, absolutely. And I mean, look, you, you've still got, let's not forget, you've got a developmental guy or a guy who's maybe going to provide you with a little bit of uh, little bit of support in Mike Dana. You know, you can always bring back Melvin Ingram if he doesn't go to the Dolphins um, for another year. You've got Kendo as well. Who, who knows what he can do. Exactly. That's one thing we can't forget. We took Kendo at the fourth round last year. He's had um, an entire season with the rest of the guys on the, uh, you know, the defensive line and the Chiefs. Chiefs roster, so um, what he learned from those guys, um, he's got the, the the size. But again, he's another kind of typical Spags, you know, Spags guy. He's a, a big guy with you know the, the kind of the six fours, like two sixty plus. Um, but you don't know, he could have learned so much in the, the last season and, and have a nice off season this this year and could come in all guns blazing. You don't know, so you know that's that's just a, a potential um, 
little upside. So, yeah, I think we, we were all right. He could be there as well. He genuinely could be there because I'm just looking down the picks before the Chiefs now, and that will change within five minutes of the draft starting because someone will trade. <laughs> but yeah. there's not there's not a team before the Chiefs that pick that have got edge in their top two needs. So, while I'm sure someone could take the talent, there is a good chance that he could still be there at 50 and he could be the best player on the board. Yeah, I feel like there's uh, a, a good chance that he's there at, at 50. So, um, it really wouldn't surprise so me at all. How, what do we feel the chances of us actually staying at 50 are? Because, uh, to me, the second round is where this is where you get aggressive and this is where yep, you I go know. and get the guys you like because this is where the real value in this draft is. And like there's there's players who you may have a, a top end second round grade on. Well, if they're still there, go and get them. This is why you have the the ammunition to mm. to go and get what you want to get. So, to me, this is where it, I think I'd be surprised if we're still picking at fifty and what was it sixty two the other one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I I think we move up from at least one of them, if not both of them, and go and get the guys you actually you really want. It's weird because I wonder if they, I, I wonder if there's a wide receiver they like that they want, or whether they've got like, he's our guy, or whether they're in a situation where they're like, do you know what, Pickens, Watson, Moore, Shakir, Mechie, they're all on the board. We have to just wait and see if they fall to us. I'm intrigued to see whether this like, no, Christian Watson's the guy. We're going up. We're going to go and get him. I mean, I'm intrigued Please what not. that's going to look like. I mean, yeah, well. But the thing is, I don't care who they get as long as they get one. Mm. Just get the guy that they want to get. So, I'm intrigued what route they take. Yeah, um, I don't know about for me. I I I feel as though we we won't trade up. I think there's enough value there. I mean, the, the corner and edge were big needs. You've addressed those. I don't feel as though that the Chiefs are going to think that wide receiver is such a need that they need to move up aggressively to do that. Yes, they've got the capital uh, and the picks that they're not really going to want to use. They're not going to... They never were going to want to take 12 picks. Um, so they could do it I'd, and I wouldn't really be surprised if they did because of the amount of picks that they've got and, and what they've got to work with. But I just... I have a feeling that we're going to stay pat at 50. Um, not to say that we'll won't move from 62 i've just got a feeling that we're going to stay with 50 because there's still a lot of decent receivers out there if they feel that they need another one let's not forget that you've got juju on a one-year deal mvs is on a three-year deal but effectively it's a one-year deal because you've got that out at the end of the first year you can you know you can cut your ties so it wouldn't surprise me but if you look at the the likes of alec pierce as an example who i would love us to get you know from cincinnati he potentially could be available at 62 still so i don't feel as though there's any kind of position where really you need to make an aggressive trade what i would like to see us do is um if you had somebody like uh bernard ryman went off the board at tackle um and potentially if another one went in uh let's say nicholas petit frere or daniel ferlelli I personally would love us to pull the trigger to move up and take Abraham Lucas as that right tackle because I think I, I love the guy. I think he's, he's a bit of a draft crush for me. Um, but I, I don't see us really needing to move up aggressively for anybody. Um, I, I personally think and hope that we would take an interior defensive lineman, given that Veach said they would address 
the defensive line. I wanted Wyatt last night. It was well, it's no surprise. Uh, only a pick or two out. I was, I was, but you know, it's it wasn't to be, and maybe they weren't high on him. But you still got Winfrey there. You got Travis Jones there. You got Logan Hall, Demarvin Leal. Um, there's still uh, guys that, for me, I don't think they're going to need to to move up from 50 to get one of those guys. Um, and I would be happy with any one of those. Um, and I think, like I said, going back to Veach's comments, the fact we lost Jaron Reed, you're basically left with um, Nardi, Wharton and Saunders. That's not good enough for the interior for me, potentially when we're also looking at the possibility of next year, maybe losing Chris Jones as a cap uh, casualty because of he, he's you're talking 20, 20 something a million, I think it is next year. Mm-hmm. Plus the fact that he's you know he's getting on to the late twenties, and if you know, the history's told us anything, it's that when you get to the late twenties, and the fact that we just brought in two twenty-one year olds yesterday, the Chiefs don't want to sit with people that in premium positions are you know, kind of the later end of the twenties. So I think I feel as though that pick 50 we're probably going to pick up one of those interior defensive linemen out of your you like so Winfrey Travis Jones Leal Logan Hall um I think one of those guys it's 62 and then ben. 62 go wide receiver then. yeah wide receiver you know potentially do they want to take another safety um do they want to take uh, a right tackle for is it tackle cook there? cook that you like the safety Oh, Cross. Nick Cross. Nick Cross. Nick Cross and Brian. Yeah, Nick Cross. Yeah, Nick Cross. And I mean, I do like Brian Cook as well. Um, but Nick Cross for me is a. Yeah, I love that guy. He's so violent. He's just fantastic. So, yeah, I think that's, I'd be really happy. I, what I'd like to see us do at 50 is I'd like to see us take a, a defensive tackle. Um, one of those um, four that I mentioned earlier. Um, and either. Lucas Abraham Lucas is right tackle at 62. Um, Nick Cross, if he's there, um, is a, an additional safety. Or, you know, if you think he's not going to last that long, take Alec Pierce as your ex wide receiver at 62. So they're the three that I would want us to go. I wouldn't want us to bring in a linebacker. Um, I don't think we really need it. Um, too early for a running back, and there's plenty of uh, guard depth later on in the draft. So uh, that, that's what I'd like. Tomo, thoughts? they got about two and a half hours to draft a wide receiver. I'm going to be fucking livid. <laughs> <laughs> Starting now. So, Sorry. That's my fault. <laughs> Honestly, though, genuinely, we can talk about players that I like and and, uh, and we like, but just going back to what I said before, they've got the edge, they've got the cornerback, two massive needs sorted. You get the wide receiver, then they can just do whatever they want. I don't care. I just hope they go and get the the wide receiver they want and go go and get him sooner rather than later so that they get the pick of that guy. Um I do think there'll be I do think there will be value there, but I don't I don't want value. I want the guy that they want. They went up and got the yeah. guy they wanted at mm. twenty one. I think the guy they wanted fell perfectly to them at thirty. They've got the draft draft capital to go and get another guy that they want and I hope they do that. Um apart from that, after that they could do pretty much whatever they want. I'd like to see them re-dip at edge because then Ajabo's perfect. I think the situation with him being able to sit and we've already got a guy, I think that works perfectly. Yeah. But honestly, I'm 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 really, really open. I, I'm really happy with what they've done so far. Um, I'd just like to see a receiver sooner rather than later. And then, Brett, do you think... <laughs> yeah, despite what I'd like to do, I think I still I can't get away from the fact that I've got this feeling that we're going to take a Jabo at fifty if he's still there. 
Mm. I'd actually, do you know what? For a Jarbo, if we get a Jarbo at 50, <clears throat> I'm happy for them to wait until 60 for wide receiver. Um, yeah. Because that's that's just great value. It, it's just, yeah. you can't, you really can't argue with the value there. Yeah. Yeah, value is definitely the word there I would use as what well. What are your thoughts, Neil? Um, I would certainly like somewhere along the defensive line and a wide receiver as our next two picks. Um, I, I don't think we've finished on defensive line. I, I wouldn't be against a second edge rusher now. Um, I wouldn't be against a defensive tackle. I'd, I'd agree with you there, Chris, on a lot of what you said. Um, and I would put the defensive line again probably above a wide receiver right now. Um, yeah. But I, I we do need another wide receiver. But does he have to be in the second round? I'm not totally convinced. If it if it's as deep a wide receiver class as they say, then you know, Valdez Scantling, Juju Smith Schuster, um, McCall Hardman, Travis Kelsey. It's not a bad receiving corps there by any stretch of the imagination. So McCall is. Well, no, nah. the thing, I mean, we've, geez, we've taught this to death. Like you, you can use McCall Hardman. There's, there's ways of getting him involved in him the game. Like you can't run forward. It's a make There's ways of getting him in the game where you can produce yards through him. Yeah. I do like what they've done. I do. I, I, I actually think the, we might be better off this year. I, I genuinely think they're going to be able to scheme some more stuff open this year, which, which was my main bugbear last year. It's it sounded like, to me last year it felt like if the first read wasn't there, Mahomes was running off and then trying to make something happen. Whereas I really do think we'll be able to scheme some people open this year. So I think the I, second think half of last season showed how they were going to use McCall Hardman, or that it showed that they had learned much better. Because um, I think second half of the season he was much more productive. Yeah. And you kind of felt that he was, he was being used how he needed to be used. I don't really call him a, like a wide receiver in the typical sense that I think for wide receiver. I think he's kind of just in his own category as like a gadget player. I was just going to say he's a gadget. I don't, guy. I don't really think. Yeah. I, I just don't think he's a go run a route guy. I think he's very much a we're going to use you. And, and no, he but can you've, be dynamic you've and got he can be productive. Just, you've got Kelsey, you've got Juju, and you've yeah. got Valdez Scantling to do that for you. So, yeah. you know, there's the three guys there who can do it. Yeah, let's not forget we brought Hard, back... Hardman uh, offers you speed that the others don't. Yeah, that's that's true. I mean, we brought back, let's not forget we brought back Josh Gordon, who he's not really going to do a great deal. Um, but he's a big guy who you think they're not going to be afraid to throw the deep ball to. You can't do that with Hardman. You can't throw him a deep ball. I, I don't think he's going to do absolutely anything this year, uh, if I'm honest. I've got I zero don't, expectations. I, I, I don't know why they did it, but they, they brought him back for another year. And let's not forget, you know, we took Cornell Powell last year, like we were talking about mm-hmm. Kendall. He was Duncan's Duncan's draft crush last year. Yeah, well, you know, we were talking about Kendall. What leaps has Cornell Powell made, no pun intended, um, over the last 12 months? So you don't know. Maybe he is another guy who's a contributor. So... We we just need to see. I mean, they know what they they know what they've got on the roster in the, the, the you know the chief yeah. back office. So I think we can sit like we said we can sit and talk all we like about it, but the decisions are pretty much made um, unless there's any kind of real change in terms of 
um, a run on a certain position or player that they that they want. Um, other than that, they know who they're looking for. They know what positions they're looking to address. Uh, that's that's the beauty of this. You know, we we just we sit and kind of chew the fat, don't we? And uh, yeah. So, but yeah, it's it's exciting, and, and I just hope we don't turn around and take kind of a I don't know middle of the pack tight end at fifty. <laughs> oh no, thanks. Yeah, exactly. But it's like, yeah, here's Travis Kelsey's replacement in two years' time. No, just no, no, don't do that. Oh, give us players that can contribute now. Yeah, like a decent yeah. running well, back. <laughs> the, the, I, I think, you, Chris, you're absolutely spot on there. Is we need starting caliber players. We need players who are going to start in our next two picks. Yeah. Um, uh, whatever position that may be, like, hell, if if a corner falls if Tariq Woolen for example is there at 50 secondary's looking alright you know I'll tell you, yeah you know you put him in that se- Jalen Petrie you put him in that secondary and you kind of go in absolutely yeah. and you then said, you kind of um, go in, well actually that's becoming a strength now you said last week Neil like what the Chiefs need is they need to get four starters from this draft they've got yeah, two absolutely. Yeah. they've got two already mm-hmm. and they've got three picks now To they might end up with five like genuinely could end yeah. up with five, which yeah. would be freaking amazing. So we're in a really strong position. Yeah, that's I mean, true. We are. The, if you look at the cornerbacks who are still available, Andrew Booth, Kyler Gordon, Roger McCreary, Cam Taylor, Britt, Terry Quillen. Give like me to, any one of them. I'd like us to go and get another cornerback in the third. I, I'd I'd like us to go and get another one. I don't think Woolen lasts that far, but give me Cam Taylor yeah. Britt. He, I love that guy. Absolutely. I told you, Cam Taylor Britt's going to be good. He's got a good name. He's got the name that you could. His <laughs> name sounds good, and we like double-barreled names. Yeah, we do. Like so I, I, except for Edward Solaire, who we're not so keen on. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm no. I'm not saying we like him. I'm saying the Chiefs like drafting these guys and <laughs> yeah. bringing them in. But I could imagine him being good. He's just got a good-sounding name. He's, if you watch it, I mean, I've, I've watched a lot of it because he's a bit of a draft crush of mine, and the guy's absolutely fantastic. You, know, you can play him out wide. If you've got a, a concern of anything of McDuffie, is that he's not the kind of your prototypical lengthy corner. He's not the biggest, but, is he? No, it, yeah. it, he's got sub thirty inch arms, but it doesn't really matter. You know, he, he knows how to win. He just gets it done. But if you're looking at those measurables and you think maybe I want to put him in the slot where he's actually would be just as good anyway, and you want to put someone like Cam Taylor Britt out on the boundary, he's fantastic as well. And it's just he's so violent. I love it. He's a great tackler. He's quick. He's clever. And just the, I've listened to interviews with him as well. He's just—he's a sound guy. He's just—he's a—he's a me guy. He's—he's a my guy. So I would love us to bring him in. I, I just personally don't see us double dipping on corner, but hey, I'd be over the moon if we did, especially with him. We didn't—we didn't see us going corner in the first round, and they did it. So nope, <laughs> not at it's all. not beyond the realms of possibility. It's very true. I do um, think somewhere along the line that we're going to need to look at—you uh, know—again, that sounds like a pun. We need to look at um, guard depth because. We really have pretty much nothing. I just think you can pick up a guy. I just yeah, yeah, absolutely. Late rounds. I mean, I'm talking. I'm yeah, not talking. Yeah, yeah. I think with these next three picks, I hope they address positions where they can get themselves a starter. So yeah, I'd be disappointed if it was anything other than defensive tackle, uh, right tackle, um, receiver, or edge. A, another edge. edge or corner. I think. Um, 
Oh, so right, if, yeah. all right then. So we're basically <laughs> we're only going to be disappointed if they if they take a quarterback, <laughs> tight end, a guard, or a linebacker, <laughs> or a running back at this point, or a centre. I don't want a no, centre. No. Like, I'm I'm happy with Creed. That's fine. Yeah, I mean we brought Austin Wrighter back. You know, that's just in case. <laughs> yeah. No, he, he didn't. He go somewhere else. I thought didn't someone last sign him year, for like four million a year? Or last year, crazy? Austin Wrighter went somewhere. Yeah, but we brought him back this year for a, on a one year contract. But, yeah, but just sent to death. Um, who was it that went? We lost somebody else. It was. It was. Um, no, it's Austin Blythe. You're thinking of that we got from the Rams, isn't it? The. the uh yes, that's yeah, right. Yeah, it's Blythe, Austin Blythe. We brought him in of, and then yeah. drafted Creed Humphrey, and he didn't even see his. Well, he saw maybe. He's a yeah, he never even saw that, snap, did he? <laughs> maybe he's late in games where it was clearly we we're going to win, and they bring him in just to give Creed a bit of a rest. But you know, yeah, Austin Writer that we had um, last year. I can't remember where he went, but. He had a year away somewhere, and we brought him back as uh, as cover this year with losing Austin Blythe. So. Austin, Austin Blythe went to the Seahawks. Seahawks, that's right. Okay. Yeah. The ESPN is my friend. Yeah. yeah. Th- th- <laughs> thanks for your service, Mr. Blythe. Yeah. Didn't work out. So. I, I'm, I'm actually just trying to see if he actually had any snaps with us at all. He it definitely did. Like he did. He did. I can. I'm not sure how many, but I certainly. I definitely saw him. With at least one snap, I definitely saw him. And I can't remember which game it was. They pretty much substituted or brought in a, a secondary offensive line because it was something ludicrously ahead. Um, and in the fourth quarter, they just kind of took out the likes of uh, you know, Creed, Orlando Brown, people like that. Just give them a rest. And he saw um, he, he saw a couple of snaps, I think. But uh, it's pretty much you could probably count on one one hand how many he had. It was just pretty much free money for him. Yeah, it's like backup quarterback for Patrick Mahomes, isn't it? Like, yeah, yeah, it's the most pointless job in the world. Money for nothing there. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Apart from pay pay me five million a year to hold a uh, clipboard. I think the only other thing that's probably the most pointless job in the world has been a lifeguard at the swimming in the Olympics. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Why? (laughs) You would feel like an absolute loser when you're sitting there thinking, "What the hell am I doing here? I'm on camera, international audience. I'm a lifeguard, and these guys are Olympic swimmers." Bit of a pointless job. Yeah. Uh, Blythe played in four games last year, but it's not telling me how many snaps he took. I have got it here. No, I haven't got it here. It just says he played in four games. <laughs> the content everyone wants on draft night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, last year's <laughs> centre who didn't play. If you wanted to hear about him, this is your time to show. So I've got a question for you guys then, right? Okay. Where do we think the second round starts, you know, so pick 33, where do we go? Do we traditionally. see, do we see that? Yeah, traditionally. Do we see that run on, or the early run on the second round receivers? Do we see the, um, the quarterbacks going off the board? Cause let's not forget there was only Kenny Pickett taken last night. So do we start right. seeing those go off the board? I reckon the books will go linebacker. Um, cause he's probably best, Dean's probably one of the best players available. I reckon the Vikings, they just can't resist taking cornerbacks. Yeah, I think the <laughs> cornerback for them, it's got if, to be. The, the cornerback books, room's awful. If the Bucks don't go linebacker, Titans probably want a linebacker. I think the Bucks um, are going to go and replace um, Nakamadong Sue and take somebody in uh, the interior defensive line. Yeah. Somebody like a Winfrey. Free and Winfrey. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean, putting somebody like Winfrey against Vita Vey, Jesus. Good luck. 
It's going to be intriguing because Seattle have got back-to-back picks as well, 40 and 41. So it'd be interesting to see if they take two picks or whether they move about. Because they, they could be a guy, they could be a team that if the Chiefs wanted to trade up, you probably could get one of their picks. You could. Um, I think maybe with one of theirs, they might take a quarterback with one of their picks. Yep. Um, I think... If Willis is still there. Yeah, I, 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 I thought yesterday, I had a feeling that, well, actually, I was... Um, I was doing a spaces the other night um, with a couple of guys on, on Twitter and one of the things I was talking about is that potentially if the Chiefs want to move back from 30, that they actually, a good candidate would have been the likes of the Seahawks who were, I think, are they 41 or 42? Yes. So did, I think did they... Did Charles ever message back, uh, Neil, about who was on the... Because someone called the Chiefs when we were on the clock, didn't they? I, I, I think you were just confused there, Tomo, and it was like five in the morning um, because... <laughs> no, 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 um, no, not that. No, when when the Chiefs were picking um, at 30, somebody called the Chiefs, a team called the Chiefs to try and trade back into the first round. And it wouldn't surprise me if it was somebody like the Seahawks to try and pick up a QB and get that fifth-year option on it. Yeah, I haven't got an answer to that yet. And what happened last night was the Chiefs were on the Chiefs. You were getting very excited at that well, stage. That was, that was yeah, the that Chiefs social. That was the Chiefs social team's fault because they announced the George Kalaftis pick and then they tweeted again. The Chiefs are on the clock, and that got everyone else excited on Twitter. And everyone was going, "We're back on the clock. We're back on the clock." And then they deleted the tweet. They obviously tweeted. They tweeted who we'd picked and everything. Yeah. And they're like, "Why well, can blah, blah 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 blah." And then the next tweet after that was, "We're on the clock." So everyone thought they'd traded back in to get back on the clock at thirty-one. Oh, that was a bit of and a shit they, show, wasn't it? <laughs> and then they deleted it. So that was good on the social teams part. Well done. I could have been in bed half an hour earlier if it wasn't for you messaging us saying, don't go to bed, lads, we've traded back in. Yeah, absolutely. I was trying to help you all out because the freaking team official social media is saying that we're on the clock. Yeah, I was. Uh, that was an anticlimax. That, absolutely, it was. I thought, well... I'm actually glad they weren't because that would have been a very weird thing to do. Yeah. It would, it would. But I am intrigued the team that called us when we're on the clock at 30 because, um, like you say... The only one I can imagine it would be is Seattle. Yeah, I mean, how many people... You're not really... Surely you're not going to want to trade up into the, the first round for a fifth-year option or a linebacker or something like that. No. So, you would, the, 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 it's always... Historically, it's been the arse end of the first round. Folk want to trade back in, take a punt on a quarterback to get that fifth-year option in the hope that they turn out to be something absolutely fantastic and you get them cheap for that extra year. Also now, I, I was listening to, to Charles and was it Eric Adam was on with him the other day. No, it was when Josh Norris was on and they were talking about the quarterbacks. Mm. And they were saying that that fifth-year option is a bit misleading because if you actually get to the point where you're going to use that fifth-year option, something's gone wrong. Mm-hmm. Because teams are doing that deal in the third year or the fourth year. Yeah, if you gonna... know you've got the guy... Yeah. You're not leaving it to the fifth year to to extend his contract because then the price is just going up and up. Yeah. So it's the not. only reason you're using that fifth year is because you're not convinced you actually picked the right guy in the first place. It's not, but if you've only got four years, then you're letting someone go into a contract contract year. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So be it. If you haven't if you haven't figured that out after three years, yeah, but then you, yeah, but if you're doing that deal in year three and anything goes wrong. Or you can't get that deal done, 
then you're going into his contract year, whereas at least with a fifth-year option, you've got like another year to get that deal yeah. done, I guess. Um, well, you can franchise him if you want to. You can franchise him twice if you want to. Yeah, in which well, case you pay the average for a quarterback, mm. which is going to be a lot anyway. Yeah, it's going to be 40-plus by that stage. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the Ravens are finding this out with Lamar Jackson right now, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Jesus, his reaction when they traded Hollywood Brown. I've, I think oh. that's... Do you know what's mental, right? You get so used to a big superstar playing for a team that when they trade to a different team, you're like, it boggles your head. And Lamar Jackson's a bit like that because you're so used to seeing him as a Baltimore Raven. I think he could get traded. Not necessarily like right now. I could see a world in which he's not playing for the Ravens after next year. Well, I could see him not signing a contract. That, that's and just exactly what I mean. Get, becoming a massive money free agent. That could be his plan. He could, could you imagine the free agency market for Lamar Jackson? <laughs> to be honest, I can't see a world now where the, anybody's safe in the NFL as in terms of being a trade candidate um, other than... Mahomes. Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes just because it would crucify your salary cap to do it. Yeah, yeah. Other than that, it seems as though that nobody is off the table in terms of a discussion. Which is great yeah. for the league as well. Oh, it is, yeah. It's fantastic. You just you don't know where to turn next. You don't know what's going to happen next. So, yeah, it's it's surprising. I mean, a lot of people think, no, we'll never do this, we'll never do that. Well, if this off-season told you anything, it is that we will. Any team will. Yeah. So, do what you need to do to win. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. So it's yeah. it's going to be an interesting one. I'm not uh, I'm not sure where it starts in this second round, um, but it's going to be it'll start off fairly quick, but then the third round it'll be quite frantic. I, I think I'm going to watch the second round and then I'm going to bed because I've got to get up for work at seven in the morning, and I really don't fancy back to back four a.m. finishes. Um, so I, I will find out our pick at 104 or whatever it is. When I get up in the morning, but I'll stay up for the second round here. Are you two both staying up for the whole thing tonight? I'll stay up until one o three and then go to bed. I think I'm probably going to do the same yeah. thing. Wait until our um, pick at one o three and then um, I don't have the choice really to sleep too much tomorrow. I've got to be up at kind of half eight, so I'm off so I can sleep until whatever time I like. Oh, it's not for work. Plan <laughs> this weekend up perfectly, but I gotta be honest, I ain't that first after. <laughs> After pick one oh three or whatever, so I ain't that bothered anyway. So it'd be great in a perfect world, but we don't live in a perfect world, and we live yeah. across the pond. It where did make we're... me laugh last night. Like a, a few of the Americans were like, "Oh god, it was it was a late night last night." And I was like, "Why are you on about Could you imagine a world yeah. in which nice the draft granddad, finished yeah. at half eleven? Imagine how amazing that would oh, be. I'd live the dream. That yeah, would be amazing. Yeah." I'll Prime time games that we don't have to sit till mm. one a.m. waiting for it to start and then getting to bed at half four, getting up for yeah. work three hours later. Well, I just tread last night as if it was a game. I, yeah. I did the same kind of routine, knowing that, like you know, from the length of time of the draft to the length of time of the game is going to be pretty similar. Starting at a pretty similar time, like it, it was just like yeah, it's September now, and mm. you know, here's the season starting kind of thing. <laughs> well, nah, yeah. I think it's going to be mad. It's going to be frantic tonight. Um, there's going to be a lot of surprising picks. Um, that is what I like to see. Something it's a bit different. of a shame we didn't have we don't have the second third round pick because it made tonight like even more interesting. But they did they did the right thing. It would have tempted me to stay up. Man. Yeah, exactly. How Definitely. there's a big gap, isn't there, from from like 
62, 62 to like 103 to is like a long time yeah, yeah, to be yeah, just yeah. sitting there. Yeah. Yeah, watching people tick. Punts on guys that you think. Well, I got annoyed last night because the TV is just so far behind. Because even when the pick, <laughs> like the picks in, and then they do all this. I know it was the first round, but they do all this like, and they're usually. I, I'm going to be really careful because they're usually like really nice things where they're doing stuff for charity and they're talking about stuff before the pick. But you end shout, up about, shout out Brad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you end up about three picks behind, don't you? So yeah, like, I think what I'm going to do tonight yeah. is I'll probably tune into one of the live streams that's kind of like chief specific kind of draft focus and just kind of watch the draft with them and just probably have the tv on in the background but just kind of listen to the picks as they come in and the reaction right. i think that's quite quite a good experience rather than listen to 60 million adverts every five minutes yeah i hear you no different to a game though really is it i'm i'm a bit of a sucker for that kind of surprise of goodell announcing the picks so um i might just i was for the chiefs the but i ain't asked about uh, i'm anything. I'm sat on Twitter refreshing every couple of seconds going, all right, give me some news, give me some news. Tell me about the amount of times last night I had to say, stop telling us we're behind. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, I know. I don't I know. know why you didn't just mute the chat and then just jump in and out. That's what I did. I just turned the phone but over at t- the end. You know, I, don't want to, I don't want to find out until I get out. Well, when it got down to 28 or 29, you was like, would you ever shut the fuck up? No, I don't want to hear <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, oh, it's it's. I'm one of these that I don't like surprises being spoiled. That kind of thing. I mean, I'm a guy that I don't have. I like F1. I don't have Sky Sports F1, so I watch the highlights. What I don't want is my mate phoning me up and saying, "Oh, did you see the F1?" No, I didn't. And don't tell me what happens in it because I'm going to watch the highlights later on. Oh, just let me tell you. But no, I don't want to know. Don't spoil it for me. It's like, oh, okay then, but I'll just tell you. It doesn't end well for Lewis Hamilton. Shut up, will you? Stop <laughs> ruining it for me. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Spoilers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Should be a health warning. Right, well, I think we'll call it a night there, lads, because the, the draft starts in 36 minutes. Let's do minutes, one thing. So... Let's each pick one player that they think that you think the Chiefs will draft tonight. At any position? What, what, in the, the, the in both? Anywhere. Anywhere any in the position. second or third round? Any player. Yeah. I'm going to go Logan Hall. Neil? Um, I am going to go with John Mechie. Mm. I'm going to go Christian Watson, just because Nate Taylor is usually right, and I think he seems to think the Chiefs are going to pick him. So that's who I'm going to go with. You did that on purpose because you're uh, not the only like thing him. with Watson. <laughs> the only thing with Watson is I think we have to trade up to get him. You reckon? Ah, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I we'll think see. there'll be a run on there'll be a run on receivers kind of in the early 40s mm. that's right. who um, that's who I'm kind of like my educated guess is just judging by what Nate said but I personally I think they might go Sky Moore I think Sky Moore will be gone before 50 yeah I do they can't all go it's true it's true you know Nobody would have said that. Right, the call gone before like yeah, twelve. Well, yeah, no, later. nobody would have said that. Cole Strange would have been taken in the first round, would they? Yeah, exactly. Anything can happen. Best case scenario for us is as a run on quarterbacks. Trust me, that'd be amazing. And that is um, quite likely to happen if it couldn't work. Inject on to the quarterbacks and the linebackers as well. The linebackers can go off, so bloody Veach don't pick one. Yeah, he, <laughs> loves <laughs> a line, he loves <laughs> a linebacker. 
in this range as well. Yes, yes. So 100%. get them off the board before he gets teased into one. Do you know what? Yep. The, the, it, this sounds absolutely insane, but for me, I'd, like Queer Walker was wasn't even in my top five linebackers. When did I have him? <laughs> um, I don't really care about linebackers. I'm not gonna lie. No. Just if, don't just, care. If, if he's your guy, he's your guy. Yeah. I wouldn't hate us taking one with the 103, 104 pick, whatever it is. Yeah, if I stay up and I pick a linebacker, they are going to be so bad. <laughs> if, we, if we had a linebacker that could actually cover in the dime. Yeah, that's true. That, 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 would, true. that would be a pick well spent. Well, you don't I need agree. to. You can just, just pick Jalen Petrie and get him to do it. Yeah, I would be very... You know what? If we took Petrie... Within our next two picks, I would not have a problem. I'd like Petrie as well, and I think Duncan would tell you the same. If we took a Jarbo and Petrie with those two picks, he's going to be insufferable for the next Uh, couple of months. And (laughs) I'll tell you what, I would be very happy if we did that. Very happy. And the funny thing about that is, that would be all four picks on defence. I'm I'm fine with that. Absolutely fine with that. Well, I really want a wide receiver, so I am actually bothered. And a running back. Go get a veteran. Go go pick up a, a veteran wide receiver if you want another wide receiver. Kick that can down the road until next year. There's some banging receivers know. next year, man. Do now. Really? Yeah, do now. <laughs> do now. <laughs> do you do it now? Right, we're done. We're done because it's half past eleven and we're half an hour from the. Drink. And I need to get a drink. So, I'm so... Go- yeah, me too. And I'm going to go and set myself up at the telly there. Yes. Right then, gentlemen. Tomo, thanks for your time. Appreciate it as always. Been a pleasure. I also have to mix this and post it and all that stuff yeah. uh chris thank you for your time it's good to have you on it's actually technically this is your first podcast even though we've done three with <laughs> it's you my now. third attempt but it's the first one that i think third, is going to work yeah it's the first one you've actually heard you <laughs> yeah on. i think yes. it's the first one that's actually going to work so you know yeah I, i'm pretty confident this is going to be fine um so thanks for coming on appreciate your no time problem, and um we'll say enjoy the draft guys and that'll do us for tonight so from one game to another we'll say goodbye for now <laughs>